17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead! Washington outside left, Roethlisberger has time, throws to the back of the end zone and it is off for a touchdown by Holmes! A minute remaining and they're putting Curry in the pick and roll trying to get him on earth. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're sending it in, Jerome, that's for damn sure. Yes, 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 we are. Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Let's join with my man, Mr. Big Ballin, Ben Larson. How are you doing tonight, man? Not too bad. Long, long weekend. Uh, you know, before we get into, get into, get into anything, want to uh, you know give my condolences to the, uh, the fan that fell down an escalator today and uh, lost his life at the Steelers game. Um, really, really up situation. But uh, I'm sure he had one too many, and that's something we don't want to condone on this podcast. Is one too many? So, and he fell down an escalator. Uh, fell down an escalator today and died following the game. Yep. Damn, Crazy how big of an escalator shit. is that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could have been one that was going from uh, you know top floor down to the bottom floor. I don't know. I, I haven't been to uh, – yeah, that's – obviously, I haven't been to that stadium before. But, uh, but uh, yeah, shitty incident that uh, definitely put a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, a cloud on, uh, on the big Steelers win today. So. Damn, that's crazy. Interesting, man. That's crazy. Well, other than that, I'm good. Be safe on escalators. That's the message yeah. we should be we should be condoning here. Be safe more, on escalators. I was more saying they uh, don't drink one too many, but uh, you know, especially coming from a beer podcast, <laughs> don't drink one too many. Yeah, fair. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, great weekend. Uh, excellent day of college football yesterday. Um, it actually started Friday night, poured into Saturday. NFL was okay today, except for my dumbass had to play the Sunday night game when I didn't really like anything, but I did it just to do it. Yeah. Uh, but live betting saved me. Live betting, I've been crushing live betting lately, man. Yeah. I've been on a fucking roll. Uh, but other than that, you know, good day. Uh, you know, our top five NFL bets didn't do very well, but, you know, I was talking to Irving last night, and I was like, I really don't like this week's NFL slate. Yeah. Um. So you know, like, uh, you know, we put out those top five bets. Those are like the five bets that we like the night before Sunday. Um, you know, I took Falcons plus two and a half earlier in the week. That cash, I didn't, I didn't like it at plus one, so I didn't take that. Mm-hmm. I really love Jags plus six and a half. <laughs> yeah, game. I was kind of surprised about that game. But definitely was kind of surprised about that game, but uh, did not go our that, way. Touchdown. Last few minutes uh, helped, but not enough. Yeah, um, and we're, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about all the games a little bit, um, and then we're we got a big show on deck, and then we're we're going to do our MLB awards tonight because uh, you know this is our last Sunday show before the playoffs start. So next Sunday we'll be we'll be talking about the wild card round, basically wrapping up. Um, so excited for the Major League Baseball playoffs! Going to be a wild, a wild, wild postseason. I think. Uh, 
Yep. But man, I'm excited to be here, and uh, I'm drinking two interesting beers, Ben. Two very nice. interesting beers, especially this first one, which I've already taken a sip, and it's kind of fucking the flavor profile is fucking outrageous, dude. I'm I'm excited about uh, about both of mine. I've had one of mine before, but uh, not on the podcast, so um, that'll be my second beer of the night. And uh, I think we're going with kind of a theme for our our first beer, so. Uh, for people who don't know, who want to bring sports and beer kind of together um, into our our own little world, because what goes better with sports than beer and what goes better with beer than sports. So, uh, you know, originally when Jordan and I started this podcast, we wanted it to be like we were sitting at a bar drinking a beer, you know, watching and talking sports. Um, so we wanted to bring this aspect to you by drinking a couple beers each podcast, ranking them out of a, you know, five scale, five point scale. And um you know, letting you guys know what we think is a good beer versus a bad beer. And sometimes you're going to have good beers that, you know, Jordan may like that I really don't. Sometimes he may have some that he really likes that I, you know, think is a pour out. And that's okay. Um, You know, everybody has different beer tastes. So take what we say as a grain of salt. But if you see some of these beers out there, definitely try them. And if you don't, Go to a local beer brewery, go to a local bottle shop, support those brewers, and uh, try out some new beers because tastes change all the time. We are being uh, brought to you by Tavour tonight, so make sure to go to Tavour.com, download the Tavour app, use promo code TAPROOM, that's T-A-P-R-O-O-M, when signing up, and you'll get 10 bucks off your first purchase of $25 or more. In some cases, that's two free beers, or you could get a really, you know, a nicer beer for that 10 bucks. so up to you, but definitely try it out. It is Big so facts. worth it. Yes. So uh, let's start with the beers. What, uh, what's your first one of the night? So my first beer tonight is uh, this one's from Nightmare Brewing Company. They're out of Bayshore, New York. Yeah, Bayshore, New okay. York. Uh, this is the Gunga Rao. It's a sour IPA. Um, sour pale ale soured on pineapples, coconut, with Moroccan mint, sabro, Kohatu and cashmere hops. Okay. Can art is fucking phenomenal. Oh hell yeah. Um the that's dope. The interesting thing about like all their can out can art is every beer they do, the can art is like a way that somebody has actually actually died. So this one is a elephant like smashing somebody. <laughs> which is pretty cool. Okay. Uh there we go. But uh, this one, it's a like, like I said, the first taste I took, like there a lot of flavors were coming through. Like you could definitely taste the pineapple. You could definitely taste the mint, dude. Like so, it was like minty pineapple, which is kind of a fucking weird combination, dude. It's like when you used to brush your teeth in the morning and then drink orange juice, and that shit tasted like fucking shit, dude. Similar here, Ben. Uh, So interested to see how this is going to go down the rest of the way because the yeah. first sip really caught me off guard. Okay. Wasn't too uh stoked. And when you smell it like you smell pineapple and you smell like a little bit of mint. Like those are the only two flavors you really smell. Okay. Does it have a little bit of a funk to it? No, nah, not really a funk. But okay. it's definitely different, dude. Like you know who who would have thought like putting pineapple and mint together, dude? Yeah. And for yeah. why? Exactly. <laughs> you know, what are you sipping on? I don't know. I'm uh, I'm going with an almanac today. So um, 
I had the cherry supernova a couple of weeks ago, so I'm going to go with the peach supernova today. Um, so this is a barrel aged sour. Um, it's not a kettle sour, but it is a sour ale. Um, and this is going to have peaches and uh, vanilla bean um, in it. So it's a, a fairly low percentage. I think it's a 5.3. Um, so it's definitely a drinkable beer. First, uh, first smell is a, a little peachy. You, you definitely smell um, kind of the, the fermentation, the, the oak aged barrels um, within that first initial kind of um, you know, whiff. Uh, but it's it's got a good taste. I'm hoping the peach comes out a little bit more because that first sip didn't really, you know, hit me with that uh, that over overly peach. Um, they say they use thousands of pounds of uh, California peaches in this, so mm. it does have the tartness. I'm looking for a little bit of that sweet, hopefully, as it you know kind of warms up a little bit after coming out of the fridge. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Nice, dude. <clears throat> Interested to hear about that one at the end. But we got a lot of football to get to. A lot of football. Yep. And the first game we're going to recap is uh, the Sunday night football game, the game that just happened. Um, This one closed Tampa Bay minus one, minus two, depending on on where you got it at. Uh, And then the total was 47.5. So the game went way over. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, Kansas City covered fairly easily. I mean, this game was pretty much over from the beginning. Um, the biggest thing that like really, I, I played Tampa Bay money line, and the reason why I did was because Tampa coming into this game only allowed twenty seven points total in three games. They played a good Green Bay offense too, um, and but they're specifically really good on third downs. And the Chiefs mm-hmm. were twenty ninth in third down conversions coming into this game. Yeah, well, the Chiefs finished tonight eight of nine on third down conversions. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And, you know, just everything went their way. Um, you know, they get the, the muff kickoff in the beginning, the fumble, short field, touchdown right away. Tampa goes three and out right away. They only rushed the ball for three yards the entire game but because yeah. basically they're playing down 21 points from the from the get-go. But yep. um, just an overall, like, a, a great game by Kansas City here. And, like, this is the Kansas City team. Like, if they play like this, there's nobody in the league that can beat them. Yep. Agreed. And, and I think a big part of that is is the offensive spread that they did. I mean, you had Mahomes throwing 37 times, 23 for 37 for 249, but they ran the ball. And finally. I think that's something. Yeah, the, exactly. Finally, that's something we haven't seen yet out of this this Kansas City team. I, I don't I want to know the last time that they put 189 yards up on the on the ground. It's been a uh, while. I know that. It, yeah, it has been a while. They, they got a big run out of uh, CEH, you know, a, a 20 yard long. Um, but you know, averaged 4.8 yards per carry. So, you know, with those 18, you know, other carries that he had, he went 72 yards, not the greatest that, that 20 definitely helped his average, you know, skyrocket there, but they, they used that option. And then to have Pacheco with, uh, 11 carries Mahomes ran four times, Noah Gray, McKinnon. You know, well, each I mean, guy they were they were getting like two, six, like, seven yards a carry too. And yeah, you know, we're gonna talk about another game later, but I always tell people in the game of football, if if you could run for five to six yards a carry, you're basically unbeatable. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like basically the only thing that's gonna stop you is turnovers. Yeah. Um so if you could do that, and that's why that's why this is the best version of Kansas City, because obviously you have Patrick Mahomes, 
And if teams have to bring a safety up to stop the run, it just opens up so much more possibilities for Patrick Mahomes to make more plays. Yeah. And we've been seeing the last two years, you know, teams are playing them too deep shell coverage. They're just sitting back um, because then they're daring Kansas City to run the ball. And Tampa did that to begin this game. And Tampa is one of the best run defenses in the league, not only this year, but the last two years with Todd Bowles. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Kansas City, like, the biggest thing I took away from this game, they play like this, they will be the Super Bowl favorite. Like, oh, absolutely. Not the same, not the team that played in Indy. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, this is that team that needs to play like this, and they got a big matchup against uh, Las Vegas next next Monday, Monday Night Football. Yeah. So, you know, we'll kind of see where those two are at. But man. The, the big thing, too, spreading the ball around, they've got Kelsey, uh, Valdez, Scanling, Juju, and Sky Moore to throw them. Yep. Throw to and well, so, I mean, all... that's like a, it's kind of like what I, I kind of thought like losing Tyreek Hill was going to be okay because Mahomes was so like fixated <laughs> on throwing him the ball. Yeah. That like now it like just opens up everything. It's like uh, yeah. sub- addition by subtraction. Well, I think the, you know, pay scale that you got too, where, you know, if you have Hill, you aren't going to be able to get Valdez, Scanling, and Juju together. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, you know, they open. Having two good instead of one elite opens up the field so much more for Kelsey, for eventually Sky Moore to uh, you know to jump in there once he gets some more reps. Yep, agreed. <clears throat> All right, let's move on to the next game: Minnesota at uh, New Orleans. Well, this one was actually played in in London. Yep. Um, this one closed minus four most places. Minnesota, um, especially when the Andy Dalton news hit. Uh, the final score is 28-25. The total was 41.5, so that also went over. We saw a lot of overs today, by the way, um, which is a theme we're going to notice here. Uh, we've kind of been mentioning, you know, unders have been hitting so rapidly that at some point, you know, they were going to, it was going to hit the middle. Um, but, you know, biggest biggest thing in this game, you know, Cousins, we, we had questions of, you know, what was this a primetime game or not? <laughs> which, which Kirk Cousins is going to show up? This game was really interesting because in the the Vikings drive to take the lead to begin with, they got two pass interference penalties and a personal foul penalty. So basically their entire drive was all penalties to the goal line. Yep. Both both of the pass interference penalties were very questionable. Even Mark Sanchez on the on the broadcast was like, I don't know, I don't get it. So I actually came away from this game, you know, down on Minnesota a little bit more yep. than I was up, even though they still won the game. Cause I thought it took a lot to go their way for them to win this game. Yeah. What's your, what was your thoughts on this one? Well, I just think of the level of play where we were expecting Minnesota to be one of the top teams fighting for this division. They're not at that level to be a division win, a leader division winner. Um, I know that they're three and one right now, but I think we're going to slowly see them coming down, you know, the, the division rankings because they're a, they're a new Orleans saints type of team. This was a very close game, whether it was, you know, total first downs, whether it was, you know, completion percentage, like this was very close. And these two teams are side by side. I mean, only a total difference of what was it? Six yards between the two offenses today. Yep. Like this is, these two teams are at the same level 
And I don't think either of these two teams are at a playoff or elite level. I'm telling you, the difference in this game was that one drive where it was yeah. literally three penalties that got them yeah. 55 yards to the goal yeah. line, dude. And New Orleans, 10 penalties, 102 yards versus uh, Minnesota's five for 35. Yep. That was the that was the difference in this game. That they don't get those penalties right there. I mean, we're talking about a totally different ball game here. Yeah. Um, I I think Minnesota has a lot of issues, dude. I do. I I don't think yeah. their defense is elite, and you know, Cousins. You just never know what Cousins you're gonna get, dude. If you yeah. get the good Cousins, I mean, this is a good team. But yeah. are you going to get that Cousins night in and night out? I'm not. I'm not too sure. Um, so I'm, I'm still on wait and see mode with, uh, Minnesota, as far as new Orleans, like, you know, you get the red rifle in there. I'm sure, uh, people in, in England were stoked on it, dude. Cause he's like a total fucking, you know, UK type of guy, dude. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, just, uh, just, uh, not a lot to take away. Honestly, it was, a, it was a very entertaining game though. Yeah. I woke up at like. Seven in the morning, it was like about almost halftime, and I started watching it. Yeah, it way too early for me. Man, <clears throat> dedicated. Dude, I didn't go to sleep till one in the morning because the last college football three, game. So that's why I wasn't. I wasn't up that early. Last college football game didn't even end till like midnight, and then oh. I had. Then I turned around, got right back up as dedication. There we go. All right, let's talk about this next game. Uh, this was this was a game that I was really looking forward to, and, and a game that again I talked about it earlier that I I had as like uh, one of my favorite bets all week, and that was Jacksonville at Philadelphia. This one closed minus six and a half for Philadelphia. The total was forty four and a half. Again, this one goes over, and Philadelphia covers. Um, Jacksonville got out to a quick lead here, fourteen nothing, um, but they couldn't hang on to the football, dude, and the and the rain had a big issue to do with deal with that mm. um but they had costly fumbles which really which was really the difference in the game they don't have those fumbles because they were up 14 nothing they were driving fourth and three trevor lawrence is running and he fucking literally just no one's even near him and he yeah. and he ball slips out of his hands yeah four it, fumbles not okay and an interception yeah but i mean he was dumping rain dude it oh was, yeah absolutely it was nasty uh but well, and jacksonville couldn't stop the run no nah, they couldn't they couldn't at all, um, and I think that's a uh, yeah that that's a, a big hit here for this Jacksonville defense. Who coming into this game, that's they, they were one of the top run defenses in the league. No, nah, this is um, still a good run defense. Oh, absolutely. The problem the problem was is that in in this game here, Philadelphia is just they're going to run against everybody, anybody, yeah. dude. Like, they have a great offensive line. That was, like, really my biggest takeaway in this game mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> was that, you know, I don't know if there is a team in the NFL that can stop Philadelphia from running the ball. Like, they're just, they're just a good – they just have that good of an offensive line. Yeah. And their defensive line is hella good, too. Like I said, you know, there was some turnovers that on a regular day when it's not hella raining, yeah. Jacksonville probably doesn't have – but Philadelphia was able to hang on to the ball. You know what I yeah. mean? And and they yeah. they ran the ball very efficiently, very effectively, and that was the difference in the game. Like they took they took the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands, especially after that interception. And they basically said, We're just gonna run it. You yeah. know what I mean? And and they did it. And yeah. Jacksonville couldn't stop it. So I mean, Juanis, what's that? 
I want to see the team that can win an NFL football game with five turnovers. Yeah, I mean, it, it can't be done. It was impossible. The fact that they even got within one possession, I was I was actually yeah. surprised, dude. And yeah. that, that does show how good Jacksonville actually is because they're mm-hmm. not going to turn the ball over five times every game, dude. Yeah. That's just not oh, no, going to happen. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm still high on Jacksonville. I, I definitely think they're going to win their division, especially after watching Indianapolis today. Yeah. Indianapolis is just in total shambles, and we'll get to them soon. But, uh, yeah, man, the, the Eagles are for real. You know, I don't love Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's a great we're gonna quarterback. To, we're going to have to clip that. Uh, he's well, saying that the Eagles are for real. Yeah, they're they have a good good roster, dude. Their defense yeah. might be the best in the league, and their offensive line is the best in the league. And when you can run the ball, like I said earlier with the Chiefs, when you can run the ball five and a half, six yards a carry, the only thing that's going to stop you is turning the ball over. That's yeah. it. Well, I think I, th- I think we can. You're absolutely right with Hertz. Is that we can kind of look at Hertz as a mini subpar lamb jack. He can yeah. throw the ball. Not really well, but his movability and his his kind of vision of reading the play is going to get him far in this league. Now, is he going to get a, be an MVP? No, probably not. But he's going to be a, a QB that's going to last in this league as a mid-level QB, you know, anywhere from that 10 to 20 area throughout his career. Well, I think he's also in a perfect situation because this team is built for his strength. Because yeah, he you're you're right. He is like a a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Poor man's. Yeah, there we go. That's that's exactly what I was looking for. But the difference is, is that he's bigger, so he can oh. take bigger hits and stuff. He can. He's bigger now. Like you could run QB Put power with him. Pounds this year. Yeah. So yeah. The, but the thing is, is like he has an elite defense. He has great skill position players around him. He has an elite offensive line. Now, you if you drop him on, let's say, the Chargers, given all their injuries, right, you know, he doesn't win that game versus the Texans today like Justin Herbert did. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the difference in the type of quarterback. But he's very good at, for what the Eagles need. Yeah. He doesn't turn the ball over, right? I know he had an interception, but... You know, only one interception. Yeah. In the rain today, too. He takes care of the football. He can run it. Like, that's what they need. They just need to control ball possession and maximize their opportunities to score, and they've been doing that. That's why I feel they're a dangerous team. Plus, they have a kick-ass schedule. Yeah. I mean, look at the four quarterbacks they've beaten all this year, Ben. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, uh, who else did they play? Kirk Cousins, and now... Trevor Lawrence. Like, they haven't even played an elite quarterback yet. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably the best. Yeah. They have played. And Trevor Lawrence has been good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Of course, my schedule doesn't want to open up. Here we go. Moving forward. I mean, okay, next week is probably going to be their hardest week until the end of November, until Thanksgiving. I think the 27th. Who do they have next week? Next week, Kyler. He's oh. probably going to be the best quarterback they have until you get down to November 27th when you got Green Bay. The Cardinals are a mess, though, dude. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, I mean, we're, we're talking about quarterbacks. I mean, you got the Cardinals, then you got, you know, the 
Cowboys. I guess they might have Dak back at that point, um, you know, which could cause them problems. But then you got the Steelers. Pickett looked okay today. Um, he's more of a, a problem on their feet. But then you got Houston. You got the Commanders. You got the Colts who are in shambles. Packers, the Titans, two against the Giants, the Bears, another Cowboys, and the Saints. Like they don't, they aren't playing elite QBs. Nah, they other got than easy Kyler schedule. and maybe Dak. They got an easy schedule. Yeah, and and while Kyler is oh, a Green Bay, and while Kyler is a great quarterback, you know he has to overcome the deficiencies of his coaching staff. So yeah. that's always very interesting. All right, let's move on to this next game. We got the Browns at the Falcons. Uh, this one closed. Atlanta plus one at home. Um, we know the story of Miles Garrett getting in the car accident. He wasn't able to play. Uh, Atlanta wins the game outright, 23 to 20. The total was 40 and a half. If there was a game that most people thought was going to go over, it was this one. This one goes under. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker, right? Uh, you know, what, what was uh, my, my biggest takeaway here is that Atlanta is a lot better than people think, dude. Yeah. Atlanta's good defensively. They're they're much more improved. AJ Terrell is one of the best cornerbacks in football. <clears throat> I've been preaching this for a while. Um he held uh he held Amari Cooper to one catch nine yards, Ben. AJ Terrell is that dude. Yeah. And Atlanta, dude, they have a sneaky good offense. I mean, Mariota wasn't good today. No. But they were able to run the ball. Algier, exactly. Patterson, Huntley, you know, and they got elite, they got two elite skill guys on the outside in Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London. Yeah. I mean, this is a – dude, they might win this division. I know this sounds crazy to say, but the Bucks do not look that good. Atlanta's not winning the division. Bucks will still take the division. but I've seen crazier um, things happen. I mean – Atlanta is not going to win with Mariba. Um, that's that's the problem there. He's looked um, good this year, though. This is his worst game he's had. It's true. It's very true. Um, this is the year Atlanta should be tanking, though, um, to get that top-notch QB that they need because Mariota is not the answer. Um, and they've got a lot of pieces here that are really good and a great opportunity for them to you know, really move forward next year. I, I mean – they're they're like the the Orioles of the NFL. It's they're they're peaking one year too early, and I think with the NFL, it's a little bit more of a of a hit because your your top pick is going to be someone who influences the team right away. And this is a year, yeah, but I in the NFL, like would, the first four rounds, you're you're drafting starters. Yeah, but I think you want that top level QB especially here in Atlanta. But, I mean, if Mariota carries him to the playoffs, I mean, you got to give him his due diligence. Plus, they drafted Desmond Ritter in the third round last year. I mean, and I keep forgetting about Ritter. And we don't even, we so don't even don't know. The... We don't even know what he's going to be like. What if he? What if Mariota gets hurt, he comes in, and he leads him to the playoffs? Then it's like, okay, we got our QB I, I keep, of the future. You're right. You're right. I keep forgetting about Ritter. I keep forgetting about Ritter um, just because he's not talked about. Um, and then you also get Ridley coming back next year too. Maybe. That's I mean, true. he's going to come back. I don't know if he's going to play for the Falcons. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Plus, it's like, dude, they already have they have good skill position players already, and it's like yeah. you can draft other skill position players in the top four rounds, right? Yeah. Really, their biggest weakness is 
offensive line and defensive line. Like those are the two yeah. areas that they just need to continue to shore, shore up. That's why I think if if they get if they come close to the playoffs, and I'm not saying they're going to, dude. It, it's a long shot. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like their two wins are against the Browns and the Seahawks. But, I mean, they did take the Saints to the wire in the first week, and they almost came back against the Rams. You know what I mean? Like, they all, they made that game really interesting at the end. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, who who knows? Nobody knows. But if they do get close to the playoffs, let's say they win eight games and they have, like, a top 10 draft pick or a top 15 draft pick, like, that's still good because they don't necessarily need a quarterback because we don't know what Desmond yeah. Ritter is yet. Like, even if Desmond Ritter doesn't even take a snap this year, that might be beneficial for them in the long run because he could sit there and learn, yeah. right? And you're not just throwing him into the fire. But it'll still give him the opportunity to draft a good, talented player in the first round, second yeah, round, that third round. 15. Yeah. I like this Atlanta team, dude. I, I think this Atlanta team is getting there. Um, it, It's not quite there yet. No, it's 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 getting there, but I I like what they have, and I, people laughed at me in the off season when I said that this team was going to be good in a in a year or two because the 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 two number one things you you want when you have a young quarterback when you bring a young quarterback in is at least have two guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Yeah. So next year, let's say they do, let's say they lose the rest of their games, and they bring in C.J. Stroud. You bring in C.J. Stroud, you already got two elite targets to throw to. Yep. You know what I mean? Possibly unlike, adding a third. Yeah, unlike Trevor yeah. Lawrence last year in Jacksonville. Yeah. None of the receivers he even threw to are on the team this year. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, it's just beneficial. Like, that's why you should always take the best player available when you're drafting. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so what do you think about Cleveland, though, real quick? What's our thoughts? I mean, on I, I, I don't think they lose this game if uh, you know if uh, Miles Garrett is in um, and and healthy. Um, I think what they're going through right now is completely unfortunate. Where you you do have you know Wa- uh, Watson out for you know the first eleven games for them to be two and two right now. I think they're happy. Um, oh yeah, and you know hoping that they you know end six and five, five and six, and this is a very good good way to kind of push that. So for the next, they should you know, be three games, and one once right Watson, too. They should, they should. Uh, but once Watson gets back, then they have an opportunity to make the playoffs. And, you know, with their division way, Baltimore is playing right now. Um, you know, with the way that the Bengals are playing, I think they can at least get the wild card position um, when Watson comes back, because Cincinnati hasn't looked great. Baltimore, I think is the best team in this division. Um, I, and I think the Browns put a run for the money against the Ravens. Like this is going to be a tough division next year. Baltimore has to figure out how to not lose leads though, Ben. That's true. Oh, hundred percent. They, they shouldn't have lost today, but they've blown um, two big leads. Yeah. But I, I think this is going to be the best division in football next year. Yeah. I can see that. All right, let's talk about the next game. Uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. This one closed minus four pretty much everywhere. Um, minus four and a half. Some spots very rarely, but most mostly minus four. 
Um, Tennessee wins outright 24-17, so they cover. And then the total was 43.5, goes under. Indy's offensive struggle is just, I mean, they continue, dude. They cannot run the football. This is just, this is not a good football team, dude. No. They are dead last in DVOA on offense right now. Dead freaking last. Matt Ryan, you know, Carson Wentz wasn't the answer last year. Bring in Matt Ryan. He's not the answer this year. I mean, dude, this is this is a too talented of a team, yeah. right, to be this bad. At some point, somebody's got to take a fall for this, and it might be Frank Reich, and it might happen in the middle of the year if this continues because yeah. this is getting nasty. I mean, they play a Tennessee team that, Ben, the in, the – Injury report for Tennessee was like a fucking novel, dude. Yeah. Missing two of their starting tackles, their left and right tackle, and they ran the ball down your fucking throat, dude. Derrick Henry, 22 carries, 114 yards, adds three catches for 33 yards. This is, I mean, at this point, Indianapolis, to me, Ben, absolutely unbettable. Cannot cannot bet on them. I will not back them the remainder of the season until further notice. Until further notice, absolutely. Um, but you no, know, you're hundred right, hundred percent right. Matt Ryan is not the answer, and and I think you're again right that Reich is not. If this even, even if they go five hundred for the next four games, I think he's out. Um, and that's that's going to be difficult because you've got the Broncos who are, you know, a fifty fifty game for them. I think they lose to the Jags. They've got the Titans, which is a, another, you know, 50-50 game. If looking after today, you lose by a touchdown. They're probably going to lose that game. So then the Commanders, they could lose to the Commanders right now. Man, you lose to the Commies and you need to, you need yeah, to pack it if, up, If bro. they lose to the Commanders, their Reich is out. Um, but I, I think if Trey Lance doesn't get hurt, I think Indianapolis is one of those teams that are reaching out to the Niners to try and get Jimmy G. Facts. Because Matt Ryan is not even close to the answer. Nope. Um, and, like, you, you look at his stat line, they had 356 yards, but, I mean, like, dude, they were playing down 17 points the whole time. And yeah, you're throwing the ball. And Tennessee was basically, like, giving them everything underneath. How do you throw for 356 yards and you're in the red zone two, three times the entire game? Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is well, just and, uh, not a good team. You know, you <laughs> have not. one of the best running backs. I understand you're you're playing down. You're down fourteen nothing at the end of the you know first quarter. They can't run then. At the end of the second. Yeah, but but even then, you have one of the best running backs, and but they can't run. He's it. averaging two point one yards per carry. Dude, the offensive line, which is supposed to be the strength of this team, cannot fucking yeah. get any push on defensive lines. I mean, dude, Tennessee was one of the. What were they coming into this game? They're, they were, let me see, Tennessee. Three and a half point dogs. No, right? t- Tennessee, 20th against the rush coming into this oh. game. Yeah. 20th. Yeah. And Indianapolis could not run the ball against them. And, and yeah. the only reason why Tennessee's 20th, they would be even worse, is because when they played Buffalo, Buffalo didn't even run the ball. They did was fucking throw yeah. it all over them. Yeah. But, dude, this, this was atrocious. They, they couldn't stop the run against the Raiders last week. They were lucky to win that game. Yeah. This is if you're Indianapolis, if you're Jim Ursay, the owner, this is this was a absolutely game you absolutely should have won, dude. Mm-hmm. At home against 
a fucking depleted Tennessee team. And my hats hats off to Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is definitely one of the best coaches in the NFL because whenever you count Tennessee out, that's when they like do their best. So I don't know, dude. Somebody got. I like Frank Reich. I, I think he's a good coach, but. At some point, somebody has to take a fall for this shit, dude. I think this Broncos game next week is a literal must win. Dude, oh my god, that's going to be a... Bro, they, is that the Thursday night game? Uh, 10-6, so yeah, Thursday. Where is it at? In Denver. Oh, and he's going to get... They're going to lose, dude. Three-point dog. Ben, that game might be... That game really might finish 6-3, to three, dude. Over under is sitting at 43 and a half. Take oh, I'll take the under right now, now, dude. Right now. Right now, because that's definitely going to close at like 37 and a half. Give you my savings account right now. Um, Yeah, it, it's it, – it, that is a must win for the Colts. And it's crazy to say that in week it. five, but well, it really is, well, dude. It really is. Maybe. So. I, I mean, the, the big thing is that – Denver's going to have a hard time running the ball. Yeah, well, with, no Javante uh, Williams. Williams out. Yeah. yeah. And Melvin Gordon can't, he fucking puts the ball on the ground too much. Um, yeah. All right, let's fly through a couple of these games real quick because we're fucking already 37 minutes in. Uh, Chargers, Houston. This one closed minus five and a half. Chargers. This one hurt my soul because I like I like Texans to cover here because of all the injuries and everything uh, surrounding the Chargers. Uh, Tennessee or Texans were actually covering, and they give up a fucking last set, late touchdown. Yep. Pushed it over. Uh, Chargers win thirty four to twenty four. But I mean, good win for Justin Herbert. You know all those injuries and stuff. Herbert had a big game. Yeah, three hundred forty yards, two touchdowns. What's your thoughts here? Yeah, um, you know I think each week that Herbert gets more healthy, um, it, it's going to be getting him closer to that you know, 100% where he was and, and that top-level QB that he is. Um, so, you know, uh, each week he's – I mean, this team's just going to keep getting better. So, um, you know, they got to get Eckler the ball, you know, a little bit more. I know 4.6 carries a game – or uh, 4.6 average uh, per carry, not bad. Um, but I think he needs more than 13 carries. Yep. Um. I agree with you. All right, let's move on to the next game. The Bears at Giants. This was a battle of two fucking just atrocious teams, dude. Um, <clears throat> Giants win 20-12. to 12. This one closed minus three, so the Giants cover. The total 39 goes well goes under, finishes at 32. Uh, Justin Fields still can't throw the ball. Um, so, you know, if the Bears played in 1909, they'd probably be really good before the forward pass was legal. Um, just not a good team, dude. This is a... Uh, they were two and one coming into this. They were probably the worst two and one team of all time, and the Giants might be the worst three and one team of all time. I mean, this is the Giants are just uh, beneficiaries of a, a soft schedule. The Bears, they're beneficiaries of playing in a fucking hurricane in Week One, and uh, just not a good team, dude. I don't expect this Bears team to win over six games. They're just offensively, yeah. The only team worse than them is the Colts. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, one for three today. Did DJ get hurt? They both got hurt. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Daniel Jones got hurt, and then Taylor came in, got hurt. Yikes. So that's going to be something to look forward to. 38 pass attempts for both teams today. 
Yeah, just it, I mean, this is like I dude. This one set football back in uh, fucking sixty years, dude. Yeah, this one was nasty. Wow, uh, Chicago only had fifty four snaps. Yeah, not a good team, dude. I'm telling you right now, this is just not. They they're two and two. They might be the worst two and two team. Like if you put them up against the Raiders, the Raiders are probably a six and a half point favorite. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. That's just that's just who this team is right now. They're just they're not a good team. Yeah, and uh, they're they're they should be auto fade and until further notice. To be honest, yeah, <clears throat> or don't bet. Just like this next game, we have the C- Commanders at Dallas. Dallas closes minus three. The total was forty and a half. Washington. I mean, dude, this is just arguably one of the worst offensive lines I've seen in the last fifteen years. Maybe. I mean, just. Such a dog shit team. So poorly coached. Ron Rivera needs to be fired. He should have fired Jack Del Rio after last year because that defense should have been a lot better last year. Mm. Keeps his buddy on his staff. I mean, I I have no empathy or sympathy for this team, dude, because this team fucking sucks. Ron Rivera sucks. He's a shitty coach. He's literally only had two winning seasons in his career. There's two there's three teams on my no bet list right now. The Commanders, the Bears, and the fucking Colts, dude. I mean, Commanders are an auto-fade team. I wouldn't even bet against them, though, sometimes because, I mean, like, week one, they pulled out a miracle win. Like, you just yeah, never but, know, I mean, week dude. one, that, that that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's week one. Statistically, look at, look like, you happened. look at this game, they probably should have won. You know, if you look at this, if you look at the box score. But uh, one for three in the red zone. They lost a fumble. Of course. And then Carson Wentz, Wentz of course, throws two, two interceptions. interceptions. I mean, no, they shouldn't have. I mean, and the box score doesn't the bo- do any, but it just 11 penalties for 136 yards. Um, 0 for 2 on fourth downs. Like, so, right. so I'm saying they're just a poorly coached team, dude. It's just a shitty yeah. fucking team. It's a garbage yeah. fucking team. Washington's on auto fade for me. Every week I will bet against Washington, unless they're playing the Jets, where I won't bet because the Jets are my other auto fade. The Jets won today, though. Uh, Let's talk about them right now. Jets (sighs) at Pittsburgh. Jets close three point dogs. They cover, win outright 24 to 20. Total 41 and a half goes over. Interesting thing here Kenny Pickett comes in. And he was perfect. Three interceptions. He was perfect, though. He threw 13 passes, and all 13 got caught. Three of them just That's happened true. to not get caught by his own team, That's dude. True. <laughs> that is very true. I did not think about that. Yeah. That is, I mean, two rushing touchdowns I mean, for a whole, what, 16, 15 yards in his six attempts. So, uh, yeah, you know, he, it's, They're going to need more of that because, I mean, this kid can't – he's – he didn't look good at all, dude. <laughs> Neither does Mitch Trubisky, though. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that Pickett got in. Um, he he needs some snaps, but I, I think we still see Trubisky next week because mm. you got to look at the defenses that they've got coming up. And it's tough to like start a rookie and then bench him, though. That's like mentally just. I mean, they didn't start a rookie though. They well, are you playing? Him but they gotta they yeah. gotta let they gotta write it out, dude. Yeah, you gotta yeah, see I what you we'll got. See Trubisky. I think we'll see Trubisky next week. Small hand uh, picket ain't going to work. I mean, 
But that, they're gonna have to figure that oh, out, yeah. or else they're gonna have to draft another quarterback this year because yeah. you got to figure out if if it is gonna work or not. Because if it's not, you got to move off it quickly, like the Cardinals did with Josh Rosen. Yeah. Similar thing here. Um, <clears throat> Damn, I wish Pittsburgh and uh, and the Giants were in the same division, so you could have the small hands division, <laughs> the flipper division. There we go. Yeah, this is uh Pittsburgh's just not a good team, dude. They need to get JJ Watt back so they're at least respectable defensively. Yeah. Zach Wilson, two interceptions today. Uh the guy's gotta get more 50%. accurate. Yeah. Gotta get more accurate. Uh but Brees Hall looked nice. Um the Jets like they're a talented team, dude. They have good talent. I'm I expect more from them going forward. Um, you know, playing good teams, obviously they're not on that level yet, but they gotta start showing more. Or else they got to move out Zach Wilson, too. Because they actually look decent with fucking uh, Joe Flacco back there. They did. So, we'll see. And then, you know, Robert Salah is like this great defensive guru. And, like, the Jets' defense hasn't looked that good this year. They look good to, against Pittsburgh. But, I mean, look at who the quarterbacks were. Yeah. So Jets have the Dolphins and the Packers next two weeks. Yikes. I mean, the Dolphins are beatable right now. I yeah, mean, they're beatable regardless, but... Who's uh, their backup now? Teddy Checkdown. Oh, that's right. That's right. Teddy Checkdown. Uh, a lot of people are finest. A lot of people are seeing that um, what's, that uh, two is going to play next week. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, two is out for the season. He's nah, dead. he's not out for the season. He'll come back. He'll come back at some point. All right, let's move on to the next game. We got Seattle at Detroit. Seattle wins 48-45. Detroit closed minus three. They Holy lose. over. Yep, they lose out, uh, outright. The total was 47.5. I told Irving last night of the three bets that I actually like really liked this week, this was one of them, the over 47.5, because this is two of the worst defenses in the NFL. Yep. And while Detroit was missing Amon Ross St. Brown and they were missing uh, DeAndre Swift, I was like, I don't care. Both these defenses stink. Like, sign me up for this, dude. Both defenses rush for almost 150 yards. Well, Seattle went Seattle, way over. 235. Rashad, Rashad Penny. Penny had 150 yards. Yep. Amazing. Geno Smith threw for 320 yep. yards. Dude. 555 yards, total yards for Seattle. Uh, this, I mean, Seattle's an offensive juggernaut. Who would have ever thought, dude? Yeah. 520 yards for Detroit today. This was just a game of uh, who wants to play defense, the yeah. o, the OA defense. Nobody. Uh, but, I mean, that's something to look forward to going forward because both these teams are terrible defensively, and Seattle can run the ball very well. So if yep. they're going up against a bad rush defense, which Detroit was, like they're going to get going. And Seattle, yep. honestly, aside from that Denver game and the Niners game, they've been good offensively. Yeah. So – Keep that in mind. Detroit, too, like, they're good offensively. They just can't get nothing going. They can't stop nobody on defense, dude. Um, All right, let's move on to the next game. We had Arizona at Carolina. Carolina closes minus one. Uh, The total, 44, goes under barely 26 to 16 because the Cardinals decided to score 23 points in the second half. Uh, And Carolina, I mean, this is just a – they're a dog shit team, dude. They're bad. Yeah. Report comes out Saturday night that Matt Rules lost the locker room. They go yeah. out, uh, lose twenty six to sixteen. Carolina Panthers are now one and eighteen under Matt Rule when the opponent scores seventeen or more points. Yikes, that's bad. And I'm sorry, seventeen is not that hard. Nah, that's that's why it's 
crazy, yeah. dude. Yep. <laughs> like, that basically says, like, they have to hold opponents to 14 or 16 points to win. Yeah. Just not a good team, dude. Matt Rule might get fired before by mid midway. Baker Mayfield, at this point, like, he's, he's just dog shit, dude. And he's not Matt good. Matt Rule or Reich, who gets fired first? <sighs> I would have thrown Cliff Kingsbury in there too, but he he won today. So yeah, let's see what's Carolina. Who's Carolina play these next two weeks? Niners, Rams, Bucks. Ooh, if they go zero and three in the next, and they start one and six, oh, that, they're going zero and three, dude. Who yeah. are they beating of those teams? Nobody. Maybe uh, the Bucks. okay. So zero and three, and then if they lose to the Falcons, it's one and seven. One and seven. Yeah. Bye. Pack Bye, Felicia. Up. Pack them up, dude. Yep. Just not a good team, bro. Yeah. Get them out of here. All right, let's. Yeah, we uh, still have five more, five more games to talk about. Yeah, we're, we're flying though. We're flying. We're on a roll here. We're on a roll. Uh, all right, next one we got Buffalo and Baltimore. This one uh, closed this three. Was a great game. This was this this was this, this one was a fun game to watch. This one closed three. Buffalo. Uh, it was a push. Buffalo wins twenty three to twenty. The total was 50. It goes under. Baltimore did not score a single point in the second half. This is the second yeah. time they've blown a lead of 20 or more. What goal your... line and they can't score. First and goal and they can't score. Yep. Yikes. But Buffalo's a good defensive team, dude. Buffalo is a good defensive team, but when you have Lamar Jackson, run the fucking ball. Yep. Don't throw an interception in the end zone. <clears throat> yeah, this was... Uh... I mean, I thought there was a couple things that could have gone differently, but, you know, Buffalo is, yeah. they're one of the best teams in the league for a reason. They're one of the best teams in the league, but I'm not as high as Buffalo on Buffalo as I was two weeks ago. Well, they've had a lot of injuries, dude. They they yeah. would have, they should have won that Miami game. They should have won the Miami game. They should have beat Baltimore by a lot more than three. Um, they're... Human. Well, everybody is. If oh, okay, mean, looking going going into this year, I did not think they. Were, I thought they were superhuman. They're they weren't going to go seventeen and zero though. Well, I know. I know. If, okay, we they're on a neutral field. Who do, who's going to win, Buffalo or Philadelphia? Buffalo. Yeah, give me Buffalo all day. Any, so I still any, think they're yeah. the best team. Yeah, but if the Chiefs play like they did tonight, give me the yeah, Chiefs over I think everybody. The Chiefs can take it. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game. We got Denver at Las Vegas. Las Vegas closed minus two and a half. This was the third bet that I really liked this week. Um, I love the Raiders minus two and a half. Must win game at home against a shitty Denver Broncos offense, dude. Just atrocious Denver Broncos offense. I just thought 45 and a half was high. Dude, so did I. The total closed 45 goes over. I actually took it live in the first quarter, the live under by 10 too. Yeah. And it still went under. I mean, it still went over, uh, Denver, honestly, you know, they scored early, but they couldn't really score. They couldn't really get anything going offensively in the second half. Um, so I'm still, I'm still really down on Denver, dude. Like I just, I think this offense is so bad. And then now you lose Javante Williams, maybe for the year. Yeah. Ben, this could, this could get, uh, ugly for Denver, dude. Yeah. And for how high they were coming in to this year by adding Russ, I mean, they'd be, I mean, if they had Drew Locke, 
they'd be 0-4 right now. Let's be real. But Denver? Yeah. I don't know. They won that Niners game by a fucking miracle, dude. I don't know how the fuck they won. Well, that yeah, game, but again, if, if they didn't have Russ and they had Drew Locke in there, but I mean, Russ was fucking game. dog shit for all of this one drive, dude. They still is Locke going to even give you one drive? No, he's gonna probably gonna give you two, but he's probably gonna throw two interceptions to go on top. Do of they it. put sixteen points up on the Texans? No, it's a fucking nine to three game, maybe nine to six. Hey, the, no, the one thing I will own. say, if you're if you're a Broncos fan, the Broncos actually got more than 20 points today. So congratulations. Sure. Uh, I know Irv is uh, down bad today, dude, because oh, not only it's did they Raider lose. Raider still isn't around because oh, we'd be hearing it. Be unbearable, dude. Yeah. It was their Super Bowl, though. It was. Definitely <clears throat> was. All right, let's talk about this next game. We have the Packers at the Packers on – the Patriots, Patriots at the, the Packers. Packers. This one closed minus 10. The, the Patriots covered. They almost won, to be honest. They, uh, they yeah. probably deserved a win, too. The total is 40. It goes over, and the Patriots cover. <laughs> Bailey Zappi. I've been telling people, man, Bailey yeah. Zappi is better than Mac Jones, dude. I don't know better than Mac Jones. He Healthy. Give me Bailey Zappi, dude. They they held him back in this game. They, if they didn't, they probably win this game because they kept running the ball on first and second down. They let Bailey Zappi loose. They probably win, but man, he kept them in this game, dude. Yeah, he did. And uh, you know, Patriots defense came up big. Green Bay's defense, uh, they were all right. Gave up a lot on the ground, though. A lot yeah. of rushing yards. Two hundred um, control, one ninety nine. So did the Patriots. So to be honest, they gave up a ton of rush yards too. This is a I don't know I don't know what to take away of Green Bay right now, dude. I, I just don't I don't understand them. I don't like their defense. I thought was like a top five defense coming into today, but I mean they really let New England rush the ball down their throat. Um, you know New England did get a pick six, which kind of changed a uh, a lot of stuff in this game. But I don't know. I, I mean I still like Green Bay. I still think they're going to win the division. Yeah. Well, I think part of that is just the schedule that they have. Um, you know, you've got the Giants and the Jets the next two weeks. Giants, Jets, Commanders in the next three weeks, and then the Bills. You know, and then once the Bills come back, then you got the Lions, the Cowboys, the Titans, the Eagles, and I don't think it's going to be a difficult game for them. Bears, Rams will be hard. You know, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions. So maybe have three tough games coming up the rest of the season. For the Packers? Maybe four. Yeah. Yeah, no, they there's they're still the team of that division, but they got to be yeah. much better defensively, dude. They cannot allow that many rush yards, and uh, you know, offensively, they got to continue to run the ball and play off the off the run. Yeah, and they'll, they'll be okay, dude. They'll they'll definitely be okay. They they probably should have won this game by a little bit more, but you know, yeah. it's still the NFL, dude. You know, what I mean, they're taking that division. Either. Yeah, all right, we got one more game to talk about. Then we'll take a break, and then we'll we have two more games to talk about. Thursday. Yeah, that's the game. That's the only game we have left. Uh, Commanders Cowboys. We already talked. We already talked. Oh, I guess Commanders we already Cowboys. talked about that one. Yeah, I just didn't close my tab. My bad. Yeah. Now we got a uh, one more to talk about Thursday night game. Then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back in. We'll uh, we'll do Monday night football, and then we'll do some baseball, and then we'll get out of here. Get yeah. some best bets for Monday. Uh, so let's talk about the Dolphins at Cincinnati. So Cincinnati closed minus four. The total was 48 and a half. 
two with starts for Miami. That was pretty much the biggest story coming off that uh, I concussion the only story in this game. It's Tua, and then the uh, the doctor, the independent doctor, gets fired yep. for that shit. So, um, <clears throat> you know, Cincinnati. The the crazy thing is, is like I thought they left a lot of points on the on the field in this game. I thought they should have won by more. Yeah. They made a Zach Taylor made a lot of bad decisions. They can't run the ball very well at all. Um, they got to get that shit figured out because right now their offense is basically Joe Burrow slinging that thing. Yeah. They rushed the ball 30 times for 67 yards. And last year they were good at running the ball with Joe Mixon. And uh, this offensive line just got to get going, dude. Yeah. They, they signed Lionel Collins to a big deal. He has been fucking awful. You know what I mean? They got to figure it out. At some point they got to figure it out. Uh, Miami, though, on the other side, Ben, I know Tua was a little fucked up. They were not a three and O team. They should have been one and two coming into that game. Uh, I'd say two and one going into that game. Nah, they should have never won that Baltimore game. That took a fucking miracle, and they should have never won the ball the Buffalo game. I still say two and one game. Uh, two and one team going forward, though, with Teddy Checkdown, the Bridgepoint Bomber. <laughs> I don't see this team as, as being a competitor um, in this division. And, and that I think is unfortunate because they had an opportunity to be the number two team in the, the division. I think if, uh, I mean, the way that new England's playing, I think this is going to be a very close race for, you know, number two, but I don't think it gets done. Um, I think you've got LA and Kansas city in the West I think you've got the Jags and the Titans in the South Titans because of their easy schedule. I think you've got Baltimore, Cincinnati and Cleveland in in the North. North. I I just don't see any room for Miami and or the the Patriots to get a wildcard position here. Yeah. The The bills just have the division. No problem. The thing that benefits Miami though, especially in the winter is that they play in Miami. So like cold weather teams that go to Miami, like, they often lose in Miami, and so do West yeah. Coast teams. So, like, they do have a good home field advantage. But even then, if you're taking three three wildcard teams this year, yeah, I'm giving it teams. to. I, I think Cincinnati, Cleveland, and L.A. Yeah, Chargers maybe got a lot of injuries. No, nah, I think I think Jacksonville's well, Jacksonville going to win the division. Win the division, yeah, maybe then Tennessee, maybe. That's a big maybe. <clears throat> yeah. The beautiful thing is, is I will see. Right now, it's like a wide open race, dude. Basically, everybody's two and two. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. It's absolutely crazy. All right. Well, let, uh, let's take a break real quick. We'll get another beer. Hop back in here. We'll talk about Monday Night Football. We'll talk some baseball. Stay locked with us. We will be right back.
Alright, welcome back Thank you for staying locked with us Had to get another refresher Yep So we're gonna we're gonna talk about these refreshers really quick Before we get into uh, this Monday night game And then uh, some baseball awards for the end of the year um, So tell me what's beer number two Alright, so I've been looking forward to this one <clears throat> This is from Drecker Brewing Company Which you're familiar with Absolutely This is the per... The rainbow cam- candy rainbow sour, and this one this one's interesting, Ben, because this one is a uh, brewed with strawberry, raspberry, cherry, grape, lemon, lime, orange, and Skittles. Ooh, interesting! Hey, send me a picture of that because I need to keep an eye out for that. That's a damn okay can. I'm heading down to, uh, to to my old stomping ground um, at some point, either end of this week or, or next week. I'm gonna go get my hair did, um, but uh, I'll, I'll check Ooh. my old. Uh, oh damn! You could take some motherfucking skittles in that shit. Hell yeah! <laughs> love it, love it, love it. All right, so I've got a uh, one that I've had before. Um, this is definitely a, a a buy when I see it. Um, because it doesn't come around too often. Um, this is for Russian River Brewing Company. Mm. This is Velvet Glow. So this is a pale dry beer. Let's go, um, but y'all. it is a Hellas, um, Hellas beer. Um, so this is going to be a uh, lightly weeded. Um, so low bitterness. It's just very nice blonde color to it. Oh, yeah. um, low percentage at 4.8. It is a very drinkable beer. Um, it is, uh, you know, it's 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 a goodie so i love this one um it, it probably isn't as good as the pliny's in my eyes but it's still a quality quality callus. hell yeah dude love it absolutely love it i love yep. russian river man there's yep nothing <clears throat> not many brewing companies that as good as russian river mm-hmm. in the country um all right so let's talk about this monday night game um <laughs> In our old, our old stomping grounds. I can say ours now because you don't live there anymore. Um, this one's going to be played in Santa Clara, California. Rams at Niners. Right now this is my, uh, Niners minus one and a half. Uh, so both these teams are one and two against the spread. The Rams are two and one straight up. Niners one and two straight up. The total is 42, 42 and a half depending on where you get it right now. San Francisco on the money line minus 125. Rams plus 110. <clears throat> What do you think about this game? I mean, this is a an interesting game because it's going to have Jimmy G um, getting first team reps again for another week, um, which I think is going to make him, you know, play a little bit better of a game um, than we saw last week um, for for the Niners. There, um, I think I'm going to lean San Francisco here just because of what Kyle Shanahan has done against the LA. Um, he always seems to win these games, um, especially you know, at home versus LA. Um, so uh, run defense, outstanding pass defense has been pretty damn good this year uh, for, for San Francisco. So I think the defense wins this game and, uh, you know, the Niners take it. Yeah. A lot of people are putting like a ton of weight into the Trent Williams injury and rightfully so. Like he's one of the best left tackles in the league. Yeah. However, the Niners and Kyle Shanahan, 5 and 0 against the spread in the last 5 against the Rams. Mm-hmm. 7 in the last 10 and they've won 7 out of the last 10. Yep. 
He's also never lost at home to the Rams. Yeah. So, and it's prime time. Like I kept saying last week, you know, the Niners lost that game against the Broncos, primetime Sunday night game. If that game was played in San Francisco or Santa Clara, sorry, they probably win that game by 21 points. Yeah. You know, it was just like, it was totally different because, you know, the, the fans and, and all, and all the stuff, primetime games are just, they're different. And I do expect a, a full week of practice for Jimmy G. I think the offense is going to be a little bit better. The Rams have not looked that good this season, to be honest. Yeah, like, they haven't. They, they could have honestly lost to the Cardinals, even though they were up thirteen and nothing, sixteen and nothing, uh, or seventeen nothing in most points in that game. Um, but the the Rams are twenty second against the pass DVOA, fourth against the rush. Yeah, right now, and the Niners will be able to run the ball against you no matter what. It doesn't matter, dude. They'll be able to run the ball, and if it opens up the play action pass, I think this could get nasty, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm but not I, high on the Rams right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I think the big question mark again for me is is Jimmy G. Um, he has to make smart decisions with throwing the ball. That's the the biggest thing. And if he can keep it to two interceptions or less, I think the Niners take this game. Yeah, I like the Niners here at home. Only laying one and a half. This is basically saying the Rams are a better team. I just I don't believe that. I don't. I do not believe the Rams are a better team than Niners right now. Yeah. Like I don't care about the record. The Rams have a win against the Cardinals and against the Falcons. Yeah. You know what I mean. And you know the Niners do have a loss against the Bears and the and the and the Broncos, but they lost those games on the road. And the Bears game was a fucking hurricane, dude. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean. Like that it was literally. Have, uh... It's just an it's an anomaly type game. Yeah. Should so have been, should have been one there. So I, I like the I like the Niners here. I actually lean the over too. I think this total is a little too low, only because I I think that both these coaches they they know each other, and like I said, I don't think the Rams defense is nearly as good as it was last year. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the Niners put up thirty points tomorrow night. Like it wouldn't sh- it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So you know all the Rams need is like twenty one points. All they need is like ten points, and it goes over. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, if they if Niners hit thirty, then you need twelve and a half points from LA. <clears throat> so I, I like this game. I like this game to go over, and I like the I like the Niners to cover and win outright. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, let's move on to some baseball. That was yeah. a quick preview. Sorry, we spent a lot of time on those recaps. We spent a lot of time on. We got to dial. A, we, we're going to figure out these recaps. We're going to get them all down to like two minutes eventually. Um, Week 17. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. All right, so uh, not much going on in baseball right now because, you know, really the Orioles get uh, eliminated this week. The Mariners finally make the playoffs for like the first time in fucking since we were in yep. high school. Yep. Uh, pretty shocking. Sorry, I didn't mean to age us there, but. Um, the only it's other true. thing we really have going on is the NL East, which is basically a wrap now too, because the Braves win three in a row. Yep. Um, so their magic number is one and then, and they play the fucking Marlins the next three games. And then, uh, we have, we have, uh, Aaron judge. Yep. Our boy who keeps cutting into the fucking college football games. So we could watch him fucking strike out, dude. Like what do we'll we walk? I did a lot of strikeouts this weekend. A lot yeah. of strikeouts. No. Will he hit 62, Ben? He's got three games to do it. 
I don't know. I really don't Based know. Based on the Rangers, though. It, that is the the positive thing. In, uh, in Texas or in New York? In Texas, okay. I um, honestly think the, the Rangers are going to groove fastballs to them, dude. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it just surprises me how much he has slowed down in this last month <laughs> when pressing, the number dude. has been... What's that? He's pressing. Yeah, and he's just holding his... Holding the bat way too tight. Um, you know, he got his home run on, on Wednesday against Toronto. Um, before that, it was, you know, over a week on uh, against Pittsburgh. He had two against Milwaukee, two against Boston. But, I mean, in the, the month of September, he's got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine home runs in, in the month. And... You know, in, in previous months, we've seen him do 10, 12. He's going to lose the he's gonna lose a triple crown at this rate, too, because yeah. now Luis Arise is overtaking him for batting average. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, he's he's holding the bat too tight. He's trying to get that 62. Um, I, I mean, to be honest, I, I think he should have gotten it already. But, <clears throat> I mean, he's just, he's walking way too much. And you know, it, it, it I, I think it's a big choke job if he doesn't get 62 at this point. I mean, 62, 61, neither of them mean shit to me. Yeah, 73 so that, is the king. And that was going to be my question for, for you is what do you take of Maris's son saying MLB should step in and make him the true home run? Leader, nah, that's it's a joke. I'm sorry, dude, but steroids are like they don't make you hit the ball better. Do you know what I mean? The only the only guy that like I would seriously consider putting asterisks next to his his records and stuff is Sammy Sosa because he got caught using a cork bat. That yeah. actually helps you hit home runs. That's true. You know, yeah. Steroids just help you rebuild your muscles so you're not as fatigued every day and, and stuff like that. But now they have legal stuff that does it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like science has evolved so much that like players don't need steroids because there's legal stuff that they could take that does the exact same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well and, and you saw pitchers using steroids back in the day yeah. too. Everybody was just as quickly. So everybody yeah. was, Ben in for Roger Maris, his son, you know, he's entitled to his opinion, man. That's the great thing yeah. about this fucking country is you could have a dog shit opinion like his and, you know, you could throw it out there. And that's yeah. cool. That, that If he if he thinks 62 is a record, by all means, dude, think that. But you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I watched a man hit 73 home runs. With my own two eyes, and I saw him hit 752 total home runs with my own yep. two eyes. I saw it. Yep. You know, steroids didn't pick that ball up and throw it over the fence. Yeah. Well, I think something big uh, that that you also have to take into account is the intentional walks. Um, judges only had an 18 intentional walks this year. Yep. I mean, and I think six of those were in the last two weeks. Yep. When he's getting close to that number, Bonds had 122, I believe it was 120, 122. Oh, Bonds had more he, intentional walks than anybody in the history of baseball. Yeah. 
So to hit 73 with 120, 122 intentional walks compared to 61 with 18, it's that is, I mean, a night and obviously night and day difference, but it puts you into a whole upper echelon. So that's a hundred less at bats that Bonds had and hit 13 more. Yep. Someone, more. someone asked me the other day, they said, uh, they asked, if Bonds played in today's game, do you think he would hit 73 home, home runs or more? I said, he probably hit less, but he probably have 50 to 60 more walks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because his eye was so good. And nowadays pitchers, they walk a lot of guys because they have such a uh, movement on their pitches, right? Mm-hmm. Bonds so disciplined, he would lay off. Dude, he probably would have walked 200 times a year. Yeah. 250 times a walked. year. He probably would have walked more, but I, I think he could have still hit 60 plus. Oh, if he got into because, one for sure. Well, yeah, because he had that power and he, he did exactly what you talked about. He waited on his pitch. So the second he gets a fastball in or out of the zone, well, that's the he thing is take that out. they don't throw fastballs anymore. Yeah, you still get a fastball. Dude, fastball, this is the first, the last two years of the first times in since data's been being tracked that under 50% fastballs are being thrown. You're seeing way more off-speed pitches because nowadays, you're right, dude, everyone started sitting on fastballs, just waiting for fastballs and would fucking turn on them. Now you have to be better. Like, you would never see guys throw fucking a 2-0 changeup before. Now guys do it all the time. Now it's regular. You would never see a guy throw a fucking 3-0 slider before. Now you see it all the time. Like, the game is just changing. That's why it's like, that's why... I hate to go off on this tangent, but that's why I'm excited for these shift rules to come in because these pitchers are just too good now, dude. Yeah. And when you're when you have a shift on top of a pitcher being elite, like it gives the batter no chance, dude. Yeah. Like he basically has to hit it out. And people are like, "Well, everyone's trying to hit a home run." Yeah, because he has to. Yeah. Because <laughs> the defense is played run. everywhere. Everywhere yeah. he can hit it, you know. <laughs> Especially the way the, the pitch is going. Yeah. So it's like. I think it's going to make it so much more interesting. It's going to actually like show the athleticism of the infielders too, because they're going to have to make more athletic plays. So I'm, 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 I'm excited for it, dude. I'm excited for it. Um, but I think because of that though, you're going to lose a lot of uh, age in your infield because you're going to need, you know, players who are a little more quick on, on their feet. Yeah. But I mean, you could still put those guys at third and first. Yeah. You know, I mean, nowadays, like, you used to be able to hide people in corner outfield. You know, you could put them at right and left. But now it's like, dude, if you can't cover ground in the outfield, you're useless. Yeah. You're just a DH. But that's the other thing, too, is a DH opens up that uh, that availability. So you can have an older guy that could still hit. Or you could, like, use that spot for utility, like, rotating guys. Um, the game's it's changed, dude. It's changed right in front of our eyes, and like people have they don't realize it, and they're just like, you know, these guys are throwing ninety eight mile an hour sinkers now, dude. Yeah, like they weren't doing this before. They weren't doing this in the nineties and shit. <laughs> like this is new territory, bro. Yeah. Like we have all this science and data on spin rate and stuff, and that's the most important thing. And that's it's just, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, but as far as judge. I could very well see this ending at 61 um, just because he, he really, if you think about it, three games, he only has about 12 more plate appearances unless Texas is out there grooving in fastballs, you know, who knows? 
I think the bigger picture, though, is if you're the Yankees coming in the playoffs, you know, Judge ain't going to see much to hit, dude. Yeah. They're going to have to figure that shit out very quickly. Yeah. I think Yankees are a one-and-done team. I agree. I think there's a couple one-and-done teams this year. I agree, and we'll we'll talk more about this. I think on Tuesday we should oh, – damn, we got to do, do baseball. We should do we'll, it. We'll get a time – because uh, playoffs start on Friday. Friday, we should do a special show on Thursday. We'll see if I can. I'll see if I can get get that time to do it. We should figure it out. All right, All right let's talk about some. Uh, let's talk about some our yearly awards because this is our last show we're going to do before then. So let's go through our yearly awards. The Marlins already shut down Sandy Alcantara for the year too. So uh, let's start it off with uh, NL Cy Young. Okay. Who do you got? I don't think there's any question. <laughs> Sandy Alcantara. Um, really, I think this is, uh, you know, this is something, you know, with the odds given really show us that there, you can say Zach Gallen is going to be close there. You can say Julio Urias is going to be close there, both at plus 4,000. Um, but Sandy Alcantara at minus 1,000, I think Vegas is telling us that there is no other option. Um, and it would probably be dumb because they'd be playing paying 40 to one if you're going to go Zach Gallon or Julio Arias. So I think Vegas has told us that there is no other option here. Um, you're not, you know, you're not wrong about that, Ben, but I, I do want to point out that the market doesn't dictate how voters are going to vote. I do just want to lay that out there. That's true. So while yes, the market is telling us that Sandy Alcantara is, is likely the favorite. Yeah. They, it's not connected to the voters. We don't know what the voters are thinking. Yeah. But the market does, they, they're telling you what they think the voters are thinking. Yeah. And I agree with you seeing the Alcantara is going to win. Yeah. 14 and nine, 2.2 ADRA, yeah. um, 228 innings pitched. That's the um, thing right there. With an under, with an under one whip. Whew. That's the, the innings pitch is huge because I was going down the list of like past Cy Young winners and basically all of them have been top three in innings pitched yeah. for the year. Sandy Alcantara leads all of Major League Baseball in innings pitched, and he has yeah. the second lowest ERA in the in National League, 3.3 xFIP, and then Julio Urias behind him, only 170 innings. Yeah, you know, six complete games. Yeah, and and I think if I think if Gallon continued his scoreless streak throughout the year. Thought there was a good possibility for him to win. Obviously, that was a tough ask because I mean he went yeah. forty forty nine innings straight without allowing a run. Yeah, but he had a couple weeks where he kind of tailed off, and again doesn't have the innings pitch that Sandy Alcantara has. So I, I'm definitely with you. I think Sandy wins. Yeah. What about AL Cy Young? See, this is a little bit little little tougher here this um, is. because you've got Verlander and not Cease. a single pitcher over 200 innings in the AL. Yeah. Not a single pitcher. Um, Verlander is, is low at 170. Um, Cease a little bit higher at 184. Um, but uh, this is, this is tough because I think Cease is the better pitcher on the year. Um, his record doesn't necessarily show it at 14 and eight versus 17 and four. Um, but Cease is literally everything for this team um, in Chicago. And Verlander is one of many in Houston. Um, and I think Verlander doesn't 
doesn't have to play as big of a role as Cease is. If, if Cease wasn't on this team this year, there is nothing even close that Chicago Chicago does to even come close to a playoff spot. Um, you know, with uh, point low, both of them have low home runs per nine. I think the strikeouts per nine is definitely in Cease's favor. Um, to who? Verlander? No, Cease. I know. Strikeouts per nine. Verlander is a 9.26. Cease is 11.1. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think value-wise, I think you take Cease here at plus 700. Um, I think it's a little tough because he did – he was injured at the end of the year, right? Who? Cease? Or is he still pitching? No, Verlander is. Verlander, yeah, okay. Was. Um, That's the thing is, like, this is why I say, like, the market doesn't dictate who yeah. wins because, people- in my opinion, like, I don't see any scenario in which Dylan Cease doesn't win except for, like, the narrative-based voting, which would yeah. definitely go to Verlander. You know, old guy, everybody knows his name, outstanding season, 1.7 ERA, but only pitched yeah. 170 innings. Um, Dylan Cease, 2.2 ERA, which was second in the in the AL. 14 more innings pitched in Verlander. Five more starts, 11.1K per nine, which is third in the AL. I just think overall, he was a better pitcher. Yeah, I would give him the Cy Young. I honestly could see a scenario where they give it to Shohei, though. I'm mm. not gonna lie, um, and not that he's not deserving. Two point three five ERA, eleven point nine one K per nine, but he only pitched 161 innings, so he's like 20 innings lower than everybody else. Yeah, two point four K walks per nine. Honestly, I would not be shocked if Shohei won the Cy Young here. And if he won, if he threw that no hitter the other night, which he got very close to doing, I think he absolutely wins it. And I probably think he also wins MVP. Shohei is at what plus uh, plus fifteen thousand. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna win, but. It honestly wouldn't shock me, dude. I mean, at plus fifteen thousand, you throw. I don't. I don't know who is actually who has these odds right now because most most places already took these off the board. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know who's actually willing to take your money on it. Yeah. Because it is it is f- too close for these decision type. Because I mean, it's, it's all based on people voting, right? It's not yeah. based on numbers and shit. So like. If someone were to give you inside information like, oh, and they have votes, they're like, oh, uh, this is what this is what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, they don't want that to happen. So basically everybody took it off the board. But I still think Cease, Cease gets it at plus 700. Who's who's yours? I, I don't Mine care. Mine is Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease. All right. Yeah. I'm with Dylan Cease as well. I like Dylan Cease. Yeah. It's AL Scion. All right. Who's your NL MVP? This is NL MVP is the tough one. Uh, I think looking at odds, um, you know, it's a it, it's a, a run between Goldschmidt and Freeman. Um, if San Diego did anything, I think Manny Machado should be you know MVP here. Um, but for this year, I think I got to go Freddie. Um, because of the, the 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 problems that 
LA had this year. He was a, a consistent offensive firepower and you know defensively was not a not even a, a question mark. You always knew he was gonna, you know, make the play. Um I think it's tough that he is a first baseman. <laughs> Usually you don't see first baseman winning them the, the MVP award, but you know, almost batting three hundred. Um oh, he's batting like three thirty nine. Oh, sorry. Th- sorry. I was looking at his career. Um, yeah. So 329, um, 20 home runs this year. Not great, but almost a hundred RBIs. He can hit a hundred RBIs by the end of the year. Uh, 116 runs, 13 stolen bases, um, OPS of, of 925. This is, this is a great year for a new team um, that I, I think he can take it. I like Goldschmidt. I think he's going to win. I got, you know, he, he batted 318, 404, 581 slash. Um, he's third in average, second in four in, um, on base percentage, and he was first in, in slugging. 178 WRC plus, which was first in National League, second in Major League Baseball total. I just think overall, entire season, I just think Paul Goldschmidt was the best player in the National League. You know, I. You could make arguments for other guys. You could even make an argument for his teammate, Nolan Arenado. I think Paul Goldschmidt has been that guy the whole season. Yeah. Who do you got for the AL MVP? I think he means more for his team. I I mean, I don't think you have any question about AL MVP. I think he goes to judge. Um, I don't think Shohei, compared to Shohei's season last year, I don't think he... He had a better season this year. I know he had a better season this year, but he didn't do as much for his team than he did last year. And I think Benjamin, I, look at the angels, bro. They're, they're baseball. They're you can only do so much though. You do. You only have so much. Uh... Yeah. You're a pitcher and a hitter. I mean, I, I get it. That's definition of MVP. He's the best pitcher on his team. That's what you said last year. What me? Yeah. Nah, I, I, you said I he knew... was a mediocre pitcher and a mediocre hitter. Uh, a little bit higher than mediocre hit. Well, dude, last year he tailed off both of them at the end of the year. He especially tailed off at the end of the year hitting. This year, I will admit, hitting not as good, but pitching yeah. he has been phenomenal. Uh, and while Judge okay. has dude, compared to who else on the Angels? Uh, some guy named Mike Trout. No, uh, pitching. Well, that's the thing is like they need his pitching to even be remotely relevant. They, they aren't don't, relevant. They're relevant. They're just not good. But that's because every other pitcher and the other 14 pitchers are relevant. So. No, they're relevant because of him and, and Mike Trout. Dude, Shoei Otani bats 276, 359, 527, 145 WRC plus, 34 home oh. runs, which is top 10 in the league, 94 RBIs. And then he pitches 11.91 Ks per nine, which is first in Major League Baseball. First in AL, 2.35 ERA, fourth in the American League. He's the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit 30 home runs and throw for and have 200-plus Ks. That is literally the definition of MVP. He's one of the no. best pitchers in the league. He's one of the best hitters in the league. No. But remember, who chooses MVP? He's in New York, not Anaheim. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, obviously... He's fighting for the Triple Crown. He's at 61 possibly 62. There's no question. Aaron Josh. 
hundred percent. Watch him give Cole MVP, dude. Watch it. Watch it happen. Yikes. Watch it, dude. Two historical seasons by two guys. There's no way you could outweigh the other. Absolutely can. Nah, no way. <clears throat> Offense brings people into the seats. Offense. Yeah, but that doesn't. Writes, but Offense writes the columns. But Shohei's but show, one of the best pitchers in the league, and he's one of the best hitters, dude. We've never seen this shit. It's crazy. And honestly, if he literally just focused on pitching, he'd probably be the best pitcher in the in in Major League Baseball. Or if he just focused on hitting, he'd probably be the best hitter. Outfielder. All right, who's your AL Rookie of the Year? This is tough. Oh, AL? Sorry, AL is not tough. Uh, Julio. See, I, I think Julio wins it because he brought his teams to the playoff. Okay, so this is tough because Adley Rushman, you know, since he came in, is an incredible, incredible player. I think if Baltimore got to the playoffs, I think he would have won. Um, and it would have been a completely different story because he brought that team to the playoffs. I think Julio is the offensive firepower of I mean, yes, you had Ty France at the beginning of the year, but Ty France really dropped off. Eugenio um, Suarez has been good too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Julio is uh is AL MVP. Um just on the single fact that they're going to the playoffs. I think Rushman is probably the better player, especially long term. But Julio hits the long ball. And that's what everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to talk about. And that's not necessarily what they vote on. We don't know what they vote on, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I mean, mean I, I agree. Think, I think Julio's gonna win, but I think because of the, the all-star game too and, and the home run derby, I think that plays into a big big aspect of it because it he, he got that national that that national view there. Uh, and they made the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Julio wins. But I think if Adley played as many games as he did, Adley would probably win this award. I think that's a, that was a huge Agreed. difference. If Adley started the year in, with the Orioles, he probably ends up winning this. I mean, it's only 19 more games. Yeah, because Not Julio's been much, hurt the second half, basically yeah. the whole second half. But yeah. if he starts the year, I mean, you're, you're talking – he gets a whole month head start. You know what I yeah. mean? Adley only 18% K rate. Julio Rodriguez, 26% K rate. Uh, Adley, while yes, he doesn't have as many home runs, he's, he has 10 more doubles than Julio Rodriguez. Um, and also, Adley is literally a catcher. So he's not a, he's maintaining the whole pitching staff behind him. And since he got to the Orioles, the Orioles 20 games over 500 and a whole point ERA better. Yeah. As a pitching yeah. staff, yeah, like, I agree. I, I think Adley, all around player, I think is better, but and and will be better than than Julio. But I think Julio takes it. Yeah, no, I agree. Basically, for all the reasons you said. All right, who's your NL Manager of the Year? Uh, what about NL Rookie? Oh yeah, NL Strider Rookie. And Harris. Sorry, I like I, Harris because Strider got hurt. 
Yeah, and, and Strider is a pitcher. And I I mean I know pitchers have taken the um, you know the the rookie of the year odds, uh, Devin Williams from Milwaukee in 2020. Um DeGrom, which is a you know, a, a superstar, Jose Fernandez back in 2013, um, Kimbrell back in 2000, uh, 2011, Otani. Um, I think Fulmer is probably the only one. Well, I guess there's a, there's a couple in the AL, um, you know, and, and uh, Jeremy Hellickson uh, from Tampa Bay um, as a kind of question mark. Fulmer, I think kind of question mark in 2016. Um, but I think Harris takes it um, just an offensive firepower and, and a huge hit for, um, you know, for Atlanta yeah. on a, a team that needed, <clears throat> needed somebody to step up. Well, not only is he good offensively, he's probably the best defensive center fielder in the league too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like him. I like him to win. I thought Strider was going to win until Strider got hurt. I think it kind of like took him out. Because Harris is still playing every day, but who knows how the voters are going to vote? Because Strider was one of the best pitchers in the league. Yep. <laughs> you know, and he's a yeah, rookie. Two point six seven ERA and you know twenty starts. So could go either way, but I, I'm with you. I, I'm going to take Harris. Uh, who's your NL Manager of the Year? Uh, NL Manager of the Year. We're going to go with Buck Showalter of the Mets. I'm going Dave uh, Roberts. The reason why I'm going Dave Roberts is because the Dodgers starting rotation has been in complete yeah. shambles all year and they've managed to the injuries get by all those injuries, huh? Yeah, they've they've managed to win 109 games despite all of that shit, dude. Yeah. That takes a strong manager. Huh. Honestly, the NL manager of the year was like the toughest one because there was no really like all the teams that are in the playoffs, like we expected to be there. Yeah. You know, and I just think the Dodgers have had to overcome the most adversity. Yeah. Which is why I took Dave Roberts. Um, Bob Melvin. And uh, yeah, but I mean, like, honestly, if you think about it, the Padres kind of underperformed. Yeah. For a, yeah. a majority of the year. So that's what kind of took me uh, apart from that. I love Bob Melvin though, obviously. Yeah. But, I think Dave Roberts is. Uh, I mean, he's my manager of the year. I don't, you know, I don't know yeah. about you. I don't know how the voters are going to vote, but in my opinion, if I had to vote, it would be Dave Roberts. Yeah. Who's your AL manager of the year? Uh, 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 uh service Scott Service. See, I I don't like Scott Service's manager of the year. The reason being is because we expected the Mariners to be in the playoffs. We expected the Mariners to be, and th- they didn't deal with any better. adversity. No, we expected, dude. They won ninety they, games last year. They, they won less of, games this year. They they have outperformed what they were expected to do. No, did they won less games than they did last year? Yeah, but with the pitching that they've had, they have. I think a great pitching. They have, they have arguably the best pitch. bullpen. They have good pitching. I'm. I have two managers. I'm going co-manager of the year between Brandon Hyde of the Orioles and Terry yeah, Francona of the Guardians. Yeah, I, I could see Franco and the Guardians. Because the Guardians, this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. That's true. And yeah. they win the division. Okay. And Brandon Hyde, you know, the Orioles were, were supposed to lose less than they win less than sixty games. They win over eighty two. Yeah. I was I was thinking 
that Francona probably doesn't win it because that's expected of him. And and same with your dad, your uh, Roberts vote. Like it's, that's expected of him to be a top level. Yeah. But the uh, what the Dodgers had to deal with, that's a lot of adversity and, and Terry Francona, the guardians were this, this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Nobody expected him to make the playoffs. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I can see Francona. I can definitely see Francona. That's that's why the only probably like, my number two there. I get why the, I get the Scott service because the Mariners made the playoffs, but everybody expected the Mariners to make the playoffs this year. After last year, they missed it. They missed the playoffs by one game last year. They won over ninety yeah. games. Yeah, and they got better. They go out and get Robbie Ray, right? Bring out Julio Rodriguez. Go out and get Jesse Winker, Yehino Suarez from the Reds. I mean, this was a I'm team that sure everybody. Really, yeah. Everybody expected to make the playoffs. The fact that it came down to a week and a half left in the season, I think, is like a little worrisome. Although the Mariners can, they can make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, they're a young team. Can all right. That's our that's our awards for the for the year. So hopefully yep. Thursday we'll come back. We'll we can do a quick show uh, previewing the playoffs, doing a little wild card preview because the playoffs are gonna be fucking wild. Let's go, y'all. Let's get, a, let's get a best bet or two for tomorrow, though, Ben. Okay, so um, my best bet of the day is going to be uh, Milwaukee Brewers minus a run and a half over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, you got Brandon Woodruff on the hill for the Brewers uh, going against Tommy Henry. Um, one of the reasons why I pinpointed this game is because the Brewers still have a little bit of a chance here to uh, make the playoffs, and they're going to have to win every single game at this point. Um, and although the Diamondbacks are playing incredibly well in the second half of the season here, uh, I don't think Tommy Henry is going to be your answer. Uh, 5.98 ERA and his last three starts have just been absolutely atrocious. Um, against San Francisco, he went four and two thirds innings, six hits, five earned runs. San Diego, four and a third inning, seven hits, five earned runs. Philadelphia, four innings, seven hits, seven earned runs. Uh, so his last three games have just been absolute trash. Um, he's, he's coming off eight days uh, since his last start, which is, uh, sorry, nine days since his last start, which is uh, difficult, uh, you know, difficult to get back into the group. So I think we're going to, we'll go, we'll go first five minus a half a run uh, for, um, uh, sorry for the Milwaukee Brewers over the the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's let's take first five. I think that's a guaranteed win with Woodruff on the mound. Oh, he's calling a guaranteed win and a must-win game, dude. Yep. All right, my best bet. I'm going Niners minus one and a half at home against the Rams. I'm just not I'm not sold on this Rams team. I think the defense is older. Uh, Stafford has not looked great. The Niners' defense is stout still. And Kyle Shanahan absolutely owns the Rams, as I said earlier. Seven and ten ATS, seven and three ATS in the last ten against the Rams. Five and zero against the spread in the last five against the Rams. Give me the Niners, and let's go. Let's get this fucking go. money. All right, so we are going to uh, we're going to do a quick review of these beers. Um, uh, just because this has been a long podcast. So, uh, Jordan, tell me about your two sours of the night. Uh, so the first one I had was interesting. It was like the mint pineapple one. I'm going to give it a four out of five. It was it was interesting. I, I would drink it again. I probably wouldn't buy it again. Uh, the second one, though, the Drecker. Whoo, 
that one was fire, dude. I literally fucking down that shit hella quick. I would definitely buy that again. I would definitely drink it again. That one is getting a five out of five. There we go. Five Send me out a of picture five, of that baby. can because I need go, to keep y'all. an eye out for that. Uh, all right, so I had the uh, the two beers tonight. Uh, mine was the first one was the Almanac. This was the Peach Supernova. Um, this was the Barrel Aged Sour Ale, and I am going to give this one a three point seven five out of five. Um, it was good. It had a little bit of tardiness to it, uh, but what was really lacking for me was the peach aspect of this uh, of this beer. It uh, it really didn't hit any of the fruitiness that I expected coming out of it, especially having the uh, you know the other fruit uh, supernovas that I've had before from Almanac. So three point seven five. It was a good beer, um, but I I want more peach. Um, huge fan of peaches. Give and, me more uh, peach. It was millions you know, of peaches. Yep, peaches for me. <laughs> Um, the second beer uh, that I had was the um, Velvet Glow from Russian River. Um, I made a huge mistake earlier saying that this was a, uh, a wheat beer, and this is not. This is uh, really going to be a malt, uh, you know, a, a malt lager um, here, uh, and it is a hell of a beer. Um, this is a one of my top beers from Russian River. Um, for Helles, I'm going to give this one a. 4.95 for my Russian rivers. I'm going to give this one a 4.5. So a little bit difference there because what's that? That's not bad. No, not at all. For a Hellas, I think this is a incredibly good German style, almost a Pilsner crispiness of this, this beer. And it is a quality, quality beer. Um, Anytime I get it, I, I grab it and really wanted to bring this onto the show. Um, now, saying it's a 4.5 from my Russian Rivers, I think there's just so much better at Russian River um, that are in that five category, um, which Pliny. is difficult because Pliny, uh, the Cherry Fodder, um, the, our other Pliny, um, I think the, the Circus Tent is great. I think... Um, uh, what is it? The blind pig, I think, is great for an IPA. There, um, there's there's a ton. Um, so I'll get I'll, I'll try to get the the circus tent next week um, for our other show. And um, what is yeah, that? Just one? I believe it's another IPA. Okay, okay. So, but right. uh, it, it's around. You just have to you have to go to a couple bottle shops for it. So, um, great podcasts, great beers. Great sports, talking football and baseball makes me happy. Um, can't wait to get into uh, some some hockey and, and basketball coming up pretty damn soon, um, which is going to be a ton of fun this year. Make sure to check out our website, www.tapfromsportspodcast.com. Make sure to check out our socials. We're on Twitter at Jordan. You can check out Jordan's Twitter at Jordan Rules TSB. You can check out our uh, our regular Twitter at Taproom underscore sports. Uh, you can check out our Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast. And we're everywhere. Um, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Like on subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. We'll be back tomorrow. Make sure to uh, check out Jordan and uh, and, and Swerve and Irvin. Uh, they're going to be talking about uh, what happened in the college football week and um, and what happened in this Monday Night Football game tomorrow. Yep. And then uh, Jordan and I will and possibly Irvin will be back on Tuesday to talk about next week's action uh, in the NFL lineup. And then college football on Wednesday. 
Make sure you go to tavour.com, download the Tavour app, use promo code TAPROOM, get two free beers. Uh, sorry, get $10 off your first purchase of $25, which is almost two free beers in some cases. That is it. Don't be giving out false information, dog. Oh, yeah. $10 off first purchase, $25 more. Let's go. Hell yeah. Let's go, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Have a good night. See y'all later.